What's up, guys? Welcome to the Hyperfast Show. On this episode, I've got an amazing guest. He, at a very young age, has blown up on social media, started his own agency, has clients now that are professional athletes, has even worked with Gary V himself. Welcome to the show, Josh Ordonez. Welcome to the show today, Josh. How are you doing? I'm doing great, dude. How are you? Nice to meet you. Good, good. And uh, why don't you let the listeners out there know, or viewers, for those on YouTube, where you are calling in from today. Yeah, so I'm calling in from Riverside, California, uh, about an hour out of uh, LA. All right, so we got the both coasts covered today. I'm, I'm in Arlington, just outside of DC. Uh, I'm excited about what we're, we're going to talk about today, social media, you know, for those who've been watching this show and some of the stuff we've been doing, you know, I believe it's, it's one of the, the greatest ways that anyone can get in front of more people, increase their business. Uh, I know Josh feels, feels the same way or, or has similar beliefs. So we're going to explore that, how he's done it and how anyone can use social media to, grow their business. Before we jump yeah. into that though, Josh, why don't you give people a little bit of, of, of background, tell them about yourself. Yeah. So my name's Josh. I'm 23 years old. I have a love and passion for social media marketing. Um, when I was about 20 years old, I was in college and was super eager to get uh, just marketing experience while in, in a college for marketing. And so uh, I ended up using this strategy by Gary Vee called uh, uh, How to Network on Instagram DM. And I basically was DMing people on Instagram, offered free value of some sort, and it ended up getting me, um, you know, social media opportunities with like NBA players, as well as uh, I'd actually used the same strategy on Gary V, worked on him as well. And so now I've pretty much built so much brand equity as myself as a social media marketer that one of my biggest issues was constantly having people hit me up, asking me to run their social media marketing, their ads, influence marketing, whatever. So I have my own marketing agency and going hard on content, uh, releasing some more YouTube videos and yeah, sharing my journey. And I really just want to inspire people that uh, there's a lot of negative stigma around these social platforms. And I think uh, a lot is possible if you use them. Why, why do you think there's a negative stigma around it? Yeah, I mean, so the documentary recently, the um, the social network, or no, 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 the, the social dilemma, sorry. Um, that movie came out, it kind of highlighted that the platforms were intentionally designed to be addictive. And um, I totally am aware of that. And I, I agree that there are some, you know, very addictive elements to social media. Um, but but I think just like much like everything in life, uh, it's kind of like a yin and yang. There's a lot of negative if you want to look at it from the negative perspective. But I just want to serve as, hey, there's a lot of positive perspective. Like, And it's only been, you know, tremendously more po uh, positive than negative in my life personally. And in the lives of like many influencers that I've worked with, right? They went from, uh, you know, having a regular job. Um, they were making content on the side. 
And now all of a sudden their content pays them way more than their job has. And um, people don't know that people think that, oh, he's just making content or they're just making content. And uh, they don't know the business behind the creator economy and how many various ways there are to monetize yourself in today's day and age. And it's the more it's the most practical as it's ever been now. All right, let's let's um, dive into that. That's kind of interesting. We get a lot of real estate agents, real estate investors that watch this show. So um, let's not necessarily use them as an example, although I'm sure it would apply. Um, if someone was really good at, let's say, you know, selling cars, right? Mm -hmm. Really successful car salesman. They start making content around car sales or their favorite cars or sales techniques yeah. um how is that going to make them money potentially outside sure. of you know if someone sees it and comes and buys a car because i think sure. i think a lot of real estate agents think yeah if, someone, if i get a house sale out of this great that's a fifteen thousand twenty thousand dollar commission right big numbers right. but you know how does it how does it help people outside of like their core business sure so one thing that is pretty consistent among the creators I know um, and the content creators that are full-time content creators, um, one thing that is pretty consistent across the board is they were making content for the audience and they almost didn't have a monetization plan because it's a, it's a long game, right? In order to grow a following, in order to grow like a significant, meaningful community and audience. So it's a long game. So in order for you to do the long game, you really need to be making content self uh, selfless, right? You need to be making content that does provide value. So for the sales example, right? This guy probably has really good sales, you know, strategy, psychology, you know, tactics, and a lot of the times people are like, you know what, I'm keeping that to myself, right? I'm not going to be sharing that. But if you make the content with the audience in mind first, right? Not, not trying to flex like, oh, I just made, I made 10 car sales today. Like that, that's the whole content. No, really making content for someone and giving other people a reason to be watching you and something of value that they can take away from. And, and, and it's, it's inevitable, right? It, let's say you you make something super valuable right one person shares it you know two people share it three people share it. it's a compound effect that and and it's it's another thing that you need uh you really do need to love for the content around what whatever you're making content around right and yeah that 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 allows you to make it consistent and keep it in the long-term game and eventually can lead to something meaningful okay so they they build up the following um how does it, how does it lead to monetization? Sure. Later sure. On? Yeah. So, like, so um, totally. So there are a lot of ways let's use um, YouTube, for example, and I could get into like all pretty much all of them. I know. So YouTube pays you AdSense, right? YouTube AdSense. Um, once you get like over a thousand subs, YouTube will start paying you uh, a CPM, which is a cost per thousand views. And in the sales business finance niche, that CPM can be upwards of like $50 per 1000 views, right? So if you have a, if you have a video with 2000 views, you just made a hundred bucks, right? It doesn't sound too outlandish. Now let's say a hundred bucks once a day, every day you're doing a video that reaches 2000 views. This is given you get like the highest CPM possible, right? 
But so that's one way, YouTube AdSense. Another way, um, sponsorships, right? Brands see, see you as an influencer that can help their product, their service, right? So they do brand deals. Next, um, affiliate links, right? So some affiliate links I personally use are just like my Robinhood account, my um, Coinbase account, right? Referring my friends that see me talking about investing, whatever. Um, I refer them and, you know, I get free stocks, free uh, to like up to $10 of like Bitcoin every time they use it. And if you're reaching like a large amount of audience, there's uh, definitely ways, right? Another thing too, um, the same uh, monetization with YouTube ads, uh, the same now is on Facebook. And this is another thing people don't really know about. Um, if you reach a lot of views on Facebook, you can monetize the same way that YouTube allows you to monetize, literally just by people watching your videos, right? Um, another way, offering a product or service. So the way I do it is like all the content I make, that's all content marketing for my social media marketing agency, right? I go, I've go, i got on a podcast, right? Pretty, pretty small audience. And uh, I got a DM from someone saying, hey, I saw your podcast and I'd love to see if you can, you know, run my social media. I want to see if I could afford your services, right? That's another way. Have, have some sort of product or service. So it's not just like, how can the content make me money? It's also how you're expanding your reach, right? And lastly, um, I think I think I think the those are like the the main ones. Oh, here's an example. Okay, so I just interviewed um a TikToker, right? Uh, he's at Dominic on TikTok. He makes content around like science related content, kind of like Coke and Mintos type stuff, right? Um, and there was this thing called Snapchat Spotlight. Have you heard of Snapchat Spotlight? No. Okay. So, so you've heard of Snapchat, right? Yeah. Yeah. So Snapchat, um, and here, here's another here's another little nugget. Vertical short form content has been exploding recently, right? With the rise of TikTok, um, we now see Instagram Reels trying to replicate that. Um, YouTube has their own version of it called YouTube Shorts, which is 30 second vertical screen videos, or sorry, sub. Uh, 60 second vertical screen videos. And so all of these platforms are copying TikTok, right? TikTok was the one that exploded it. And now all these platforms are trying to offer their own vertical screen format video. And so Snapchat offered one called Snapchat Spotlight. And um, they are giving away $1 million a day to whoever reaches the most amount of views. So it's split up between like... Uh, they have like some way of splitting it up, but like basically in the day, it's split up between whoever got the most amount of views, right? So Snapchat Spotlight um, was this new uh, new thing. It, it was about, it was kind of relevant about like in as early as like November, right? The, of the last year. And so people were getting all their vertical screen format videos that they were posting on TikTok and they started repurposing them on Snapchat. And so Snapchat was paying a million dollars a day to all these creators spread across whoever was using uh, using Snapchat Spotlight, it was an early adopter. And so one of my friends, Dominic, he made one, in total $1 million from literally just from his videos ranking well and reaching a lot of viewers on Snapchat. So um, I guess basically if, if, if these platforms are incentivizing, you know, users to continue making content on these platforms, um, you know, there's something to be said about that. You know, there's something that, you know, may, maybe you don't, you don't think social media is for you. You don't think content's for you. It, maybe this could be like a little, uh, you know, 
newsflash like hey like th- this is only i only see this as the beginning like this is only gr- going to be even growing even more yeah now it's man the, the, the competition for content on some platforms is so fierce that the, the platforms are actually paying people to put it on so that yeah. this is a really interesting case um how how was it like when you first started out you mentioned this uh dming people yeah. things of value strategy so I'm sure you're, you're a young kid, early 20s. Uh, who were you DMing? What were yeah. you were off- offering? And, and how are you getting them to even take you seriously? Yeah, so uh, one of the first uh, DMs that we did was, uh, so my dad, he's a computer software engineer. But on the side, he has his like, passion for uh, high-end video production. And um, so basically, uh, we DM'd they uh, an announcer of the Big Baller Brand League. Have you heard of Lonzo and Lamelo yeah. Ball? Yeah. So we we DM'd the announcer and we offered free um, video production for their league, right? And so I come home one day and my dad's on the phone with someone and he's like, "Oh, like, are you going on? Are you going uh, to Lavar's mansion now?" And I was like, "Wait, what, what? What's going on?" And so he's like, "Yo, we got a content gig uh, with Big Baller Brand, right?" So we go out to the Citizens Bank Arena, which is where like the Lakers play on offseason. And uh, I was like 20. I was like a sophomore in high school or sophomore in college at the time. And so I I just went to help out my dad. um, And uh, while we were there, I was just holding a camera, holding up a script so Mel could read off of it and stuff. And um, the announcer of like uh, the uh, or sorry, the director of business development of the league comes up to me and he's like, hey, uh, your dad told me you study marketing. And I was like, yeah. Um, she was like, hey, I really liked what was on your Instagram story today. She's like, we need this type of behind the scenes uh, Instagram story footage as this league progresses. Do you want a social media internship? And I was like, absolutely, right? So that was kind of like the first thing. And then after that, I I just like, I uh, slowly, slowly started to fall in love more and more with uh, social media. And so like the DM to Gary, for example, um, I didn't DM um Gary himself what happened was Gary was live on an Instagram one day and uh, he was talking about empathy wines and he was calling people who um purchased empathy wines from him so I uh was like wow I've never seen Gary give this type of direct access with around a product or service I was like maybe Gary really cares about this product so um during the live stream uh Gary was just like oh yeah like me and my co-owner Nate we love empathy wines yada yada Right. And so that's all I picked up was Nate. So after the live stream, I go to Gary's following, I type in Nate and sure enough, I find the co-owner of empathy wines. So that's the person I send a DM to, right? Like there's a, there's a strategic way, like sending it to Gary would have been like, uh, it probably would have been gone forever. But Nate, on the other hand, right. He had like 2000 followers, 3000 followers. So I basically just shot him a DM. I, I also, I looked at his at the wine page first to make sure that like it wasn't fantastic like i looked at it and i was like yeah there could be some work here so i just saw, shot him a dm was basically like hey um i see you guys got this empathy wines going i love what you guys are doing there um i do social media marketing uh here are here are all the people i've worked with here's who i'm currently working with um like let me know if uh you know you guys need anything and uh it resulted to you know getting connected and yeah i landed this same thing, social media, um, a job with uh, Empathy Wines and VaynerMedia.
Wow, what a what a what a great story! And um, you know, this this all started from just DMing and, and yeah. offering offering people something. What what were you doing in those DMs to to stand out? Because I'm sure a lot of people. Yeah. Well, yeah. Like, so like, so like, for the, like that you're contacting and getting flooded with them. Sure. So with like the um, with Gary V, right? So what actually happened was he he was like, yeah, yeah, like send me an email. So I sent him an email and I didn't get a response for like a week, right? And instead of just like following up kind of like blandly, like, hey, just following up. What I did was um, I was managing this uh, artist called Kickster Domus. He's a professional shoe designer for like NBA players. Um, so I was managing his social media during the time when I reached out to Gary. And what I did was um, I had a campaign um, with the Utah Jazz during the time. And I posted it on my social media. And um, I got that post and I put it onto my Instagram story. And when I put it on my Instagram story, I tagged Nate, the co-owner of Empathy Wines, in the story. And so it actually showed up in his inbox, right? And I hid, I hid the tag so that only Nate and I knew that he was in it, right? No one else knew, only Nate and I. And so it showed up in his inbox. And when it showed up in his inbox, I was like, hey, um, just tagging you in this to show you what I'm currently doing. Um, if you guys still need social media help, like, let me know. Right. And his response was call me, sends me his phone number. I step out of class. I call him and he goes, Hey, like, when can you fly to New York and help us with social media? So that was one, that was one way to like strategically follow up was like, if you have some cool campaign, uh, you know, put it on your Instagram story, right? Show, show them, show your client or show whoever you're reaching out to that, you know, you're proud of that and showing them that, uh, what you're currently up to is like, you know, it worked. Wow. Um, let's apply this uh, to real estate agents since, since we get a lot of real realtors on this, uh, mm-hmm. on this show, of course, what strategies do you think they should use that you've seen succeed in your, in your area? Uh, you know, what, what should they do in order to get more buyer and seller clients, people looking to buy or sell a home? Yeah. So, so what, what should a real estate agent do to utilize the like Instagram DM networking thing to result in more sales. Yeah. So it could be getting in front of homeowners, getting in front of people looking to buy, getting in front of, or getting in front of people that, you know, can get them in front of potential home buyers and sellers. Yeah. Darn. So, I mean, I'm not a, I'm not a real estate agent at all. What is your question? What is the number one sales strategy for a real estate agent? Like kind of across the board. Well, you know, I, I think you've, you've, you've got to convince people that you can save them time, stress, or money th- throughout the process, right? There's, there's really those three things when it comes to buying a house or selling a house, right? Can, can you help them do it quicker? Can you reduce the stress and uncertainty? And, and can you save them money? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, what's, like a, what's like a practical, like tactical strategy that you guys use to like implement that? Um, so for, for buyers, for example, we're going to, we're going to try and right now inventory is low. There's not a lot of homes uh, for sale. So we're going to try and find them homes off market so that they can, you know, miss out on the bidding war, go, you know, that, that kind of thing. So that's, 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 that's pretty big right now for buyers. Sure. And Uh, then you go to the seller, does the seller have like a specific type of person they want to sell to? No, I mean, for, for the seller, uh, it's, it's you know, all about, all about the, the money, the offer, the, the ease that you make it right. The, yeah. the less, less uncertainty there is, the, the better. Sure. And then 
like I'm assuming full cash offers kind of just take priority. Yeah. Yep. In this market. Yep. Darn. Well, I mean, but, but there's ways around it. Like if you, again, if you go to, if you, if you find a seller off market and, and you can, you know, close in through 30 days or less um, without contingencies, that's for, for the most part, that's got a lot of the same characteristics of a cash offer. So you can, as a buyer, you can beat the cash offer without being a cash offer. Oh, wow. You kind of have to like have a personal connection to the seller. No, no, no. You just, you, you got to get there before other people find out about it. Right. So off market's going to be better. Uh, you got to have a good lender up front so that you can go to them and, you know, look, this person's pre-approved, the lender's ready to go. They can close in two weeks, three weeks. Um, you know, they don't, sure. they don't, they don't need a financing contingency. Don't need an appraisal contingency. Sure. Yeah. So, I mean, so in terms of the the networking strategy, um, I'm not too sure there, but but look what I just did right here. So basically, all of these questions, or right, I had no idea about any of these things, right? Um, just yesterday, actually, I was reaching out to my real estate friends, um, and I wanted to know like how much do you need down to purchase a down uh, to purchase a home, right? And he told me about the 3.5 percent new new time uh, a first time buyer, right? Yeah, FHA loans three and a half percent. Yeah. And I was like, dang, this is so useful. I had no idea that like I actually could like low-key afford a like a decent home right now, right? So all of all of these questions and stuff, who's who's gonna be the go-to guy that makes content around all this to clarify and to inform all these people, right? So not too sure on the Instagram strategy, but hey, look at all these questions I just had, right? You know, who's out there not who who's out there that knows this stuff and should be making content around it, right? Super simple. Like you uh, especially, especially now, uh, what TikTok has done is made the vertical, vertical screens, vertical screen short form content super popular, right? And the, all this whole conversation could have been done in one little Instagram reel, right? Yeah, yeah. So that that that's what I would say is is is, is who, who's providing you know the most information, who who's who's uh given the most uh a- answering the most questions, you know. Yeah. So from, from our conversation here and, and you being a marketing guy, but not necessarily knowing a ton about real estate. Yeah. It seems like just focusing on ways to deliver value and education on how the home buying process or selling process yeah, might work. So can you do this with, you know, low down payments? You know, you could do a reel on that or even a yeah. 30 second TikTok, right? Um, which you could repurpose on, on exactly. Instagram. Um, exactly. You know, what not to do before applying for a loan. Um, how to compete with cash offers if you don't have cash. Right? Yeah. Like, like we've, you know, how to find homes before the rest of the market knows about it. So, so all yeah. of these, you know, what to look for in a real estate agent, just put this free content out there. Um, and, and uh, you know, your following will will grow with people that are interested yeah. in learning this and, and yeah then, absolutely you know you're not being overly salesy in it or you, you know no you're being informative right yeah so and like another thing like uh the real estate so i i had to go to a friend who just purchased real estate and was like hey um how did you get your uh mortgage lower right and he's like oh i didn't just do the 3.5 percent i put 20 percent down of the down payment and that lowered my interest rate right 
And so like th these were all these were all things that I just discovered yesterday, right? And yeah, like if there was someone making content around that, you know, I'm sure they're they're out there, but um they haven't came on my, you know, radar yet. But yeah. Yeah, so uh what what uh, what else do you think are good practices for people on on social media platforms, obviously providing valuable information. What about asking questions or trying to get people to to engage back? What are some tips for, for that, you know, for, for getting getting people to respond? Sure. Yeah, I mean, it, it really is being selfless, right? Like it, it really just does come down to um, making the content for, for them, making not making it for yourself, right? Um, what are your thoughts on real estate agents kind of, and like the flex mentality, right? Do, do you think a real estate agent will do better if they show up to a listing with a nice car, a nice watch, or do you think they'll do better coming looking modest? What, what has been your experience around that? Yeah, I think you gotta, you gotta be yourself, but also play to the crowd, all right? Um, I certainly don't think you need a, you know, a super fancy car and you know um custom suit to, to go get a, a million dollar two million dollar uh listing you know mm -hmm. i think i think both strategies can work I, I think you have to be respectful of of what it is you're you're doing right so i would there's a certain level of, of dress and decorum i would have i think it's right. got to be nice but I, I think you should be I think you should be authentically yourself, um, but, but, you know, tailored to, to your audience. And, you know, the other thing too, is like, if, if you're, if you're putting out an image, that's not really you mm -hmm. in order to try to work with someone who will like that image, there's, there's a, a chance that that relationship's going to go bad because you're, you're trying to, you know, win that business by being someone you're not, mm -hmm. right? So there's right. a chance there's a chance that that's not going to work uh, out, and, and there's also a pretty good chance that if you you know keep doing this over long term and you're not being yourself, like you're you're not going to um, be able to sustain that that type of business long term because you're not being who you know you are. Sure. Sure. And like, so what, what about this? Is there, is there a gauge to tell how, uh, how much ROI, uh, let's say I buy a home today. Is there a way to gauge how much that's going to be worth in five years? Yeah, you can, you can run models, run projections, you know, use historical trends of appreciation. You can figure out, um, you don't know how much it's going to appreciate, you know, that that's hard to map out. Um, but you can make a guess on that, but mm. you will, you will know two things. You'll know how much you're going to save on taxes because, because real estate provides you with tax write-offs. So you'll have a good estimate on that and you'll have a good estimate on what the principal pay down is. Yeah, every month you're paying your mortgage, the principal is being reduced. So you can, you can model out, uh, those two things. You can't, you can't necessarily model out, you know, the appreciation, but you can, mm. you can, you can, uh, estimate it though sure so so like there you go we just we just came up with two solid video ideas right one title could be um 
what you need to know before buying your first home, right? Second title could be, uh, depending on how, how you could gauge it, um, how much you're or, or basically informing that purchasing a home is a, like a, one of the most solid investments ever, right? Real estate can be one of the most solid investments ever. So like how much your home could be worth in five years if you purchase today, right? Like that, that's like another um, content thing that I think would, uh, you know, is, would be very informative, right? Showing, informing people, hey, this is a home, but it's also an investment, right? You can also turn this into a cash flowing asset, right? What are the platforms you think people should be on right now? Yeah, so never in the history of social media has all the platforms together copied one single platform, which is TikTok, right? So what my answer is going to be is don't worry about the specific platform, worry about what what is what what the platforms are pushing which is vertical full screen short form content right so what i would say is that that's your focus make vertical short form short form content and now you have something that's totally contextual to tiktok instagram reels snapchat spotlight and you have the full screen content you might as well throw that on triller have you heard of triller i think I have, but I don't, I don't think I've been on it. So I don't know what that is. So you know about the Jake Paul fight and like, yeah. The, yeah. Okay. So, so tri- Triller is uh, the paper, they're a pay-per-view. Yeah. Right? So they, okay. they hosted, they hosted the fight, but, but Triller themselves, they have like a TikTok competitor. Like they kind of like are kind of TikTok's biggest competitor in a sense. Um, but yeah, so, so that, that would be my answer to you is, is make the vertical short form content, you know, um, if, if you don't know how to make it, I, well, that's another thing. Try to make it as contextual as possible, which means, you know, putting the words up there, right? Putting the music and, and the audios up there, right? Another thing, go on TikTok about once a week and see what trends are trending on the search tab. So if you go to the search tab, TikTok will show you all of the hashtags that are trending for that week, right? Go to... The, Go and see if there's anything within your niche that you can make content around in that hashtag. Because if you make content around that hashtag, that means TikTok could potentially put your video in front of every TikTok user's app, right? The amount of organic reach that that would provide alone is tremendous, right? Literally, so you just you just pick some of the trending hashtags on TikTok, basically. Yeah, yeah. So basically, look every week. Look every week. And if a hashtag jumps out at you, oh, this hashtag is within my niche. I can make content around that with this, right? Add that hashtag to your caption, post it on TikTok, right? Um, and and yeah, ha- have the videos pretty much, if you edit it for one of the platforms, you now have them ready for all of the vertical platforms. And like, like for example, Instagram, um, Instagram Reels, they're basically trying to compete with TikTok. And so they're pushing the organic reach like more so than a photo currently, right? Right. And, and yeah, t- TikTok really is the only platform that you can post with zero followers and you could reach upwards of like 100,000 people potentially, like if your video pops up, right? The only platform that offers that type of organic reach starting at zero. If you, start, if you post on Instagram with zero followers, you're going to see zero people. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I agree. Um, you know, you mentioned, um, YouTube shorts earlier, 
Um, so, cause, cause if, if vertical short form is, is what's, you know, popping, right. Then that would, that would be TikTok, Instagram and, and Snapchat. Yeah. So it's yeah, TikTok. That's, that's, you know, that's, I don't think that's really extremely important on Facebook and LinkedIn. I could be wrong on that, but I, I don't think short form, short stuff. Not yeah, not yet. Yeah. LinkedIn and Facebook haven't really adopted that yet. What what about YouTube though? I know they have the shorts thing, but are, is that is that really kind of working yet on YouTube or, or something yeah. that you should be focused on? Yeah, so shorts do have um, more reach too. Same thing. YouTube's ch- testing out how to put like uh, how to push it out right, get get more viewers. So YouTube Shorts. Y- that play there, that one won't be really for monetization because like, okay, so if you post like a regular YouTube video, you could get monetized, right? And then YouTube has an incentive to continue sending people to your video if it's performing well, because they make money from people watching your video, right? And then they give you a portion of the AdSense. So, but with YouTube shorts, there's no monetization yet, but um, yes, you can reach a lot like, it's the same thing. It's like equivalent to Instagram reels, right? Posting out Instagram reels, you know, it's going to be the best type of engagement um, on Instagram, YouTube shorts. Yes. Same thing. Best type of engagement um, for YouTube. Um, again, you won't be able to monetize off of these videos directly from YouTube, but you can be discovered. You can grow a following. You can get more subscribers. And then the other one you said was was Triller, just so yes. people. So in total, it is TikTok, TikTok. Like consider that the top, right? And then below that, Instagram Reels of importance, right? And these could be interchangeable. That I'll accept that being interchangeable, right? TikTok and Instagram Reels, and then um, YouTube Shorts, Snapchat Spotlight, and uh, Triller. At the very bottom, to be and honest. And trailer, I, I just looked it up now because I'm curious, but is it, it's, it's got like the black square with the, the red kind of yeah. broken up circle in the middle. That's trailer, yeah. And they're just, so, they're just really focusing, yeah, from how they advertise this app that it's really like a uh, video editor that, that you share. So perhaps yeah. similar to TikTok. It's, it's like almost exactly like TikTok. Um, the user interface, I think, is a little weird, but... Um, <laughs> you just downloaded it. Yeah. <laughs> nice, nice. Yeah, no, it, it really is. I'm not saying, hey, Triller is the next opportunity. I'm saying, look, Triller at this point, you see how much marketing they're doing around the, they hosted a whole Jake Paul fight hosted by Triller, right? Um, yeah. So, so they got some money. <laughs> they do. They do. So, I think they did. I think they did the Tyson. Uh, yeah. Roy, Roy Jones Jr. fight exactly. back exactly. in the last year. And uh, I think Tyson was going to come out again and fight Holyfield, but, that they wanted it on Triller, but he wanted it on his own deal. So it hasn't yeah. haven't figured that out yet. Yeah. So it's basically like, hey, Triller right now, if if 
you know, they fix a couple things. If, if, uh, basically it's early real estate, it's potentially early real estate, right? Right now, Triller isn't the coolest app. It's not, that doesn't have that many users, but that's the same thing that was what, what, what we would have been saying about TikTok. TikTok's not cool. There's not that many people on it. It's kind of weird. But if you would have kept going on TikTok, right, you would have definitely reaped the benefits. Well, today. you you can still grow on it pretty fast because I've, I've yeah. had a TikTok account for over two years and, and I would do like, you know, a post every now and then. And, and I would, I, I didn't really focus on it, which was a mistake in terms of like having one specific type of content. Like I would do something about my real estate business, something about investing, something about, uh, you know, I'm an Iron Man, something about me on vacation, family, right? Yeah. Well, the last 45 days or so, and I think I had like 1500 followers or so, the last 45 days, I, I'm like, all right, I'm just gonna try making like four to eight pieces of content a day just about real estate investing and how to start. Hey. Nice. And in 45 days, I've gone from like 1500 followers to like over 120,000. Wow. Wow. So, and, and what I type of, and it's just, I'm just putting out educational stuff like here's around real estate. Yeah. Here's how to do a flip. Here's how to, here's yep. how to do wholesaling. Here's how to do Airbnb arbitrage. Here's how to start with no money. If you have a little bit of money, here's, here's what you should start out with. If you have more money, here's, you know, just different ways to start and, right. and, and do investing. And it's, you know, it's gone from like, 1500 to a hundred and like 20 something thousand. Yeah. See, you can't do that. You can't do that on like any other platform. There's no way. Uh, I I shouldn't say no no way, but it's, 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 you hear a lot less of those types of stories on the other platforms. Yeah, sure. But, but that's the thing. So, so with the hundred and 120,000, right. You, I'm assuming you have your Instagram and your YouTube connected to it, right? Those have grown. Those have grown now. Yeah, there you um, go. And, and they didn't, you know, they, they didn't typically grow at, at a high rate. Now, um, you know, my YouTube is kind of still small, under a thousand people, but I'm, I'm gaining, uh, you know, five to 10 subscribers a day right now. And, and have you tested out shorts? Before, before TikTok, I was probably gaining like one to two. A day right so my growth rate is, is up like five six seven hundred percent and um yeah. we've put out some youtube shorts or we'll repurpose some of my tiktok stuff um you know i don't i don't think i don't think i think some people have figured out youtube shorts and there's been some success stories with it but i it's certainly not like tiktok or, or like an instagram reels even yet yeah but maybe so, it will be so one thing too is i um, have heard, uh, I, I don't have a proof around this, but I've heard that if you're repurposing TikToks with the TikTok watermark. No, we're, we, we, that's like, we'll use the same kind of content, but you know, we'll, we'll have a raw upload. So it, perfect. It doesn't yeah. have the TikTok yeah. watermark and other things in it. Yeah. So on Snapchat, the guy who made my friend who made a million bucks that, that's like kind of one thing he said he was like remove all watermarks make it so it kind of looks like it's an original piece of content for that yeah app. you just remove the watermarks that kind of solves it yeah which there's there's a some pretty cool download feed things for the people watching that you can yeah. use on to down to you copy the link you can paste it in this this 
third party app or website and it it downloads it downloads your tiktok without uh, the watermark yeah I, I believe i have the name right here one second uh, it's just like tick tiktok tiktok downloader or something like that is, is what you um there you go there's probably multiple so it's yeah. probably the google away yeah no i don't i don't i have it in a voice message i'm not gonna play it right now but yeah yeah i think i think there's a lot of people on the tiktok app that don't produce content right on, yeah. on instagram it's very easy to upload a photo of your mom and say happy mother's day right because that was yesterday or whatever uh you know your kids playing on on tiktok there's there's a it's a little bit more effort to create something it's not it's not hard it's it's the best video editor out there i think but it's just it's just a little bit more of a hurdle than, so, uh, so than other platforms I, I actually i'm gonna flip that on you i think you have it in reverse i think tiktok is the one that you should just be throwing whatever you want whenever you want casual videos instagram's the one that has to like oh it, it has to be tailored like the best post ever like nice and polished post right so tick i'd say don't don't uh don't write yourself off before you even get out there right let the market write yourself out which means post it right and let the market decide because we you only know your own subjective opinion with your own by yourself right but when you let the market decide and you truly let it decide by posting, that's the real result, right? No, Not I, I agree. I agree. Yeah. I think we're saying, we're saying talking different sides of the same coin. I'm, I'm saying the opportunities on TikTok because it's, it's a little harder to make a video than it is to just post a picture or do a tweet or sure. Right? Oh, okay. Got, um, got it. So, so there's, there's, there's a lot of people on the TikTok platform that never make a video, but they but they're there looking, they're there consuming. So yeah. TikTok has more consumers than producers Correct. compared to yeah. the other platforms. Yeah. That's why I think it's the best platform to go out and not sure. have a lot of followers, but make a video sure. that has a million views. Yeah. So yeah, we, we are on the same page there. Um, so but- you should make a lot. You should make a lot of stuff on there and see what works. Yeah, exactly. There's more um, consumers than there are producers of content, which means if you throw your piece of content within this massive batch of consumers, you have a high chance, right? And so in terms of like making it polished and stuff, TikTok, thankfully, I love that TikTok has, the content on TikTok could be super casual. Like literally could just be someone recording their face. Like, like almost think of it like as an Instagram story, right? So soon I have a, um, an interview with this TikToker. Um, he is in New York City. He has a uh, deli in Brooklyn. And he, all his content is videos of him making sandwiches from his deli, right? Nothing crazy. He just puts his, his camera out, makes the videos. That's it, right? He has 1 million TikTok followers, right? Just from posting him making sandwiches. That's it. Nothing, no high production, literally just from the app. That's it. And so, so that, that's kind of like, yeah, like you, you never, you never know. You, you have to let the market write you off before you do. Awesome. Well, thank you for your time today. You've offered a lot of in, both inspiration and in, in your story and how you got connected to some heavy hitters through social media, as well as some great 
tactical and, and, and strategic things that people should implement before we wrap up. I always like doing a hyper fast round if you're ready for some rapid fire questions and answers. Sure. Is it just one word or phrase or sentence? Or? No, no, no. You can, you can use a couple words or okay. sentence. Okay. Or, cool, cool. Uh, what's your biggest piece of advice to a brand new real estate agent? Oh, <laughs> I have no idea. I'm not, I'm not in, <laughs> I'm not in real estate. I'd say, um, try to make content around it. Yeah. Try to make content around it. All right. What's uh, the biggest business challenge you've ever had and how did you overcome it? Yeah, I would say it was a, a it was a psychological um, shift I had to make. Um, initially, pretty much all my goals, business goals were all money oriented and they are money being the biggest goal in them. So for me personally, I failed at every business when I was going into them for the purpose of money. Um, so basically money being the motivator was something that I really did not want to let go. I really wanted to chase money. That's all I wanted to do. And I let it go. And sure enough, like that's actually how I ended up making way more money. Right. And like my, my relationship to money now is like way different. What's something you're doing in your business today that you weren't doing a year ago? Um, well, I guess, um, I guess, I guess just, I guess, yeah, honestly, yeah. Doing more content marketing. Um, I've kind of basically all, all the leads that come from me do, are, do come from my social media, like literally my Instagram specifically, my Instagram, all my leads come from my Instagram and I wasn't making any content and it was just posting casually on Instagram. Right. And so now what I'm doing now is doing a lot more actual, like taking this seriously, posting YouTube video a week, a TikTok a week, an Instagram a week, a LinkedIn post a week, you know, et cetera. So yeah, go, going a lot harder on content myself, not just for my clients. I'm kind of wanting to treat myself as my own social media marketing client so I can expand and, you know, continue showing what's possible. All right. When you're not making content, working on your business, what, what would we find you doing for fun? Um, at the gym. And if not at the gym, watching something Marvel related. <laughs> All right. Last question. Where do you see yourself 10 years from now? Um, yeah, I mean, uh, I'll be having my own agency uh, still. And hopefully uh, kind of the goal is, and it's kind of an experiment, is if I can, you know, I'm, I'm getting all this, this, you know, money from my agency and my clients. I'm using all that money to reinvest now into content, right? And so if I can one day live off of just my content alone, the YouTube ads, you know, any brands that potentially sponsor me affiliate links, and I no longer have to run clients, uh, for myself, that'll be the biggest goal, right? Wow. Like I basically worked, worked hard enough that the, the content surpassed the income from my clients. And now I don't need my clients right now. I don't need to be running ads for people. I could just be running ads for myself. And so basically getting all the client work to become my own client, my own biggest client alone. That's the ultimate goal. Yeah. All right. Uh, thank you, Josh, so much for being on the show. Before we sign off here, if people want to learn more about what you do or connect with you, what are the best ways to do that? Yeah, it's definitely on my Instagram. 
Uh, it's at Josh Ardonez, J-O-S-H-O-R-D-O-N-E-Z. Dan, thank you for having me on the show. Thank you. It's been a blast. I appreciate it. For everyone watching or listening, make sure you give us some feedback. Let us know what you liked, what you didn't like. Share this with someone you think could benefit from seeing it and hit the subscribe button so you don't miss out. We'll see you next time. Sounds good. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Hyper Fat Show. Subscribe to us if you want to make sure you get the latest and greatest Hyper Fat Shows. And remember, we love reviews. Reviews help us bring better and better guests and improve our shows. So give us the good, the bad, and the ugly. We hope you enjoyed the show, and we will see you next time.